With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. We're going to be talking some NBA now, and we are joined by Josue Pavon. He is the Boston Celtics reporter, writer for CLNS Media, and he's also co-host of the Cedric Maxwell podcast. We're going to talk about the Celtics Game 6 yesterday. It's been back and forth, but this series has been back, 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 fourth, fourth, fourth. We're three all. Welcome back. Welcome in uh, to New Zealand Radio. Gosh, how did you enjoy Game 6? What a roller coaster, man. Oh, man. Like, looking into this final stretch for the Celtics, I mean, obviously, right after they won game four, I'm like, if they're going to win this thing, they have to get back to Miami, obviously, right? But they're going to have to really fight in this one. I I saw this being essentially Miami's biggest punch, and I might be wrong. I mean, we still have another game here. We could still, you know, Celtics could, uh, could, could see a, a better version of the Miami Heat in game seven for sure, but... The way this thing went down the fourth quarter was unbelievable, man. I mean, the Celtics, you know, sprinkle a little luck in there, sprinkle a little grit and poise and some huge plays down the stretch. And and all of a sudden we have a game seven here in Boston. It was incredible, man. These guys really stuck with it towards the end. The amazing thing about Boston, they've had five wins this season alone when facing an elimination, twice against the 76ers, now three times in a row against Miami. What is it about this team that just, just keep getting up off the canvas? It's something about when they're backed against the wall, you get the best version of them. But for some reason, they tend to let it get that far, if you know what I mean, right? It's like, you know, a lot was made about them not being able to close out that Philadelphia series as quickly as they could, they should have. And then going into the Miami Heat series, you know, you look at just the, the, the way the narrative was surrounding the Miami Heat. Now, very little people, it was few people who, who ever gave them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to win this series. And I think the Heat took that, you know, in stride. And they took pride in that, obviously. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously they got the best uh, – we got the best version of the Miami Heat in the sense of that it just has so many weapons. It wasn't guys just uh, – guys named Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo. You know, Khalid Martin has been tremendous in this series. Vincent uh, – Gabe Vincent has been tremendous in this series. So I, I think that was the advantage. And I just feel like the Celtics – I don't want to say they overlooked things, they overlook the Miami Heat, but I just feel like they tend to go into these bad habits when they're going through it, right? Mm. And, and whether that's, you know, rushing their offense, trying to get back into a game after they slipped, you know, to a double-digit deficit. And it was just like this uh, this terrible pattern that I feel like they caught themselves in. But here they come again, right? I mean, when the back's <laughs> against the wall and people least expect it, you know, they really uh, – they have these moments where they, they have to, you know, look at themselves in the mirror and, and you know – and just hash it out. And I feel like that's what that's what happened, I, I think, after game three. You know, uh, Al Horford, uh, you know, Cheryl, first it was Jalen Brown who shared that these guys had an outing beforehand. And, you know, it wasn't about basketball. It was just about them just 
enjoying each other's company. You know, there's a lot of talk after game three reports from anonymous sources saying that these guys pretend to like each other and that they're not as good, they're not as close as they seem. Look, I've been around this team all season long and I, I never got that impression. Was there a clear disconnect? Absolutely. And that disconnect, in my opinion, was about basketball. I, I don't think this thing was, was something beyond personalities or the fact that these guys dislike each other. I always looked at it as um, people maybe half of the the team feel one way about the way they're executing. Maybe they feel the other half feels another, you know, uh, guys taking shots early into the shot clock. I feel like there was some games where you know, they, they, they relied on Jason Tatum to sort of, you know, put the team on his back. And that's just not what something basketball is about. At the end of the day, when this team's at its best, they're, uh, they're, they're very tough on the defensive side and that creates incredible opportunities for the offense. And that's a, that, that's not just guys named Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, right? Clearly guys like Derek white stepping up, you know, uh, guys hitting big shots, you know, Grant Williams coming off the bench, you know, that's a Celtic team that's very difficult to beat when they're this, when they're at that level of focus, especially what you saw in game five, where every possession counts and they're treating it as if it's, you know, the very end of the fourth quarter. And, and I think that's when things started to turn around when they were able to, uh, you know, not only beat the Miami Heat, but the way they beat them in game five with the blowout and blowout fashion. And then in game six, all the dramatics at the end, man, it's, it's been incredible to watch these guys, you know, how this whole thing has unfolded. Interestingly, game seven records, uh, the Heat are six wins, five losses, but the Celtics, it's almost like they're born to do it. They're 27 wins, nine losses in game sevens. And they've won their last four, um, game sevens when in this spot. So, um, I know, I know they won't, Park it up and just and just rely on it. And, and the other stat I wanted to mention, you'll probably be very aware of it. Celtics have been, I guess, observed or is it criticised? Whatever they, they live and die traditionally mm-hmm. on the threes, but that they had a playoff low of seven threes from thirty-five attempts in Game Six. So the rest of their game, with your observation, must have scrubbed up. Yeah, I mean, down the stretch, whether it was um, a huge block from Al Horford. You know, on Bam Adebayo, or you know, the three-pointer from Derek White hit one. You know, before the 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 big putback, I, I just feel like the Celtics did their best to, to to stay in it, right? I mean, they they saw that lead disappear as quick as quickly as it did. You know, Duncan Robinson got hot from from three, and, and again, that, this this is a testament as to this team when when they come up with defensive stops and when they're fighting and, and putting forth the type of effort, the game-winning plays that these type of things happen. You know, I yeah, three-point. The three-point shot is a big part of their offense. That's a big part of their identity, who they are on that end of the floor. But I never saw them as a team that lives or die by the three. I saw them as a team that has a lot of guys that can make that shot. Mm. And when the when the defense is, is is putting together two, three consecutive, four consecutive stops, those open shots are available. And then through the net, through the the you know the, organically. That's when their offense really takes off, in my opinion, right? When when it's like that. I never saw them as a team where they're, you know, rushing up the floor, dribble, 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 three, three, three. You know what I mean? I never saw them as one of those teams, honestly. Mm. It's a big part of their offense. But at the end of the day, when this team is defending and when they're when they're uh, when they're running and, and making their opposition, you know, have to buckle down and in uh, transition defense, I, I think that's when they're at their best. Yeah, good fighters and scrappers. And like Boston's obviously a, a sports mad town. 2004, the Boston Red Sox came from 0-3 down to beat the Yankees. So what is it about the Boston's never-say-die attitude? Are, are you like the, 
I don't know, what, what's the relationship with the sports fans and the teams that we just never stop swinging? The, the Red Sox did in 04, I think that's the first time a baseball team's come from 0-3 down and they beat the might of the Yankees. Is like, are all the sports fans, you rally around whatever team's in a bind and get behind them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Boston is just that city where um, the, the, the support's at an all-time high compared to any other sports city, if you ask me. Um, and, it, and it extends beyond baseball and, the, and you know, Red Sox and, and football with the Patriots. And with the Celtics right now, it's interesting because, obviously, you know, they're the ones that's still in it. You know, the, the, the Boston Bruins had historically the greatest regular season you know, ever, and then they were bounced out of the first round. So, I mean, a lot of the attention is – you know, transitioned over to the Celtics, but you look at guys like Tatum and Brown. I mean, they're really they're embraced in this city. You know, Jason mm. Tatum. You can make an argument that he might be the most embraced uh, athlete right now since Tom Brady. You know, uh, I mean, that's it's it's really been that. Uh, um, you know, the the last three or four years, he's he's risen to that plat that that plat plateau, right? Going to the NBA Finals, becoming arguably, you know, one of the top 10 NBA players. And, you know, he just turned 25. So it's just one of those things where guys are just – the city's embraced it. The city's embraced the Celtics team, the way they were able to bridge the gap from, you know, the big three era to those teams that Brad Stevens led that didn't quite get to the NBA Finals but were relatively competitive, right, outside of those first two years. And then all of a sudden, you know, what happened last year, to see this team go to the NBA Finals, it's just – this is that year. You know, everyone's kind of saying, like, look, these guys have been to the East Conference Finals a handful of times. They got to the NBA Finals. You know, clearly they were outmatched, out, uh, you know, experienced. None of these guys had been there before. And, you know, someone like Steph Curry had the best NBA Finals of his career. So, you know, you fast forward to, uh, you know, one year later, and I just think a lot of the fans in this city are, are going to ride behind these guys no matter what because they, they – they believe in them. You know, they've seen them grow from being 19-year-old rookies to who they are now. Uh, guys like Tatum, guys like, uh, you know, Jalen Brown, even Marcus Smart has spent his entire career here. You know, he's, he's the longest tenure Celtic. is his eighth season. So I think all that intertwined, it, it's just the, the, the city supports this team, and, and they know that, you know. And it's, it's unlike any other city. You know, even Al Horford, someone who uh, they saw go play for another team in Philadelphia 76ers to come right back and – for everything to come together the way it has, I just think the city of Boston is just thinking, man, if it's either now or, you know, who knows after this with Jalen Brown's contract, you know, nearing it's towards the end. He's got one more year left and people aren't quite sure, you know, how this team is going to operate after that. And when you look at this roster, you know, it's going to be really difficult to, to, to put, to surround these two with top tier talent the way they're surrounded with now. So I, I think all that, goes into why people support this team and why a lot of these guys, a lot of these uh, Celtics fans never really stopped believing, you know, even when the Celtics went down, you know, 3-0 against the Miami Heat. Last thing, um, just on health of players, uh, NBA six-man award of the year, Malcolm Brogdon set out game six and you squeaked home. Any uh, reports on his likelihood to play in about 23 hours' time? Well, the Celtics listed him as questionable, so um, it's still up in the air. But if you ask me, I, I, I predict he plays. I just think uh, for someone like Brogdon, this is his uh, first opportunity to get to the NBA Finals. He's been the sixth man of this team you know, this year. He's had a rough series. Um, the, the injury has really bothered him. It's really plagued his shot. He's tried to go inside the paint a lot of the time. But the Miami Heat, they do a really good job of uh, protecting the paint. So he's sort of... Uh, He's had a tough time finding his offensive rhythm, but with everything, with, with the way this series has played out in Game 7, win or go home against the Miami Heat, I'd be really surprised if we don't see him. I just hope he's able to make an impact um, off the bench because when he's on, when he's, when he's you know, got the three-point shot falling and he's, you know, 
taking it to the rack and it, it's hard for some time for some defense to keep up with him when he really gets going it could be a really uh it could be a, a huge advantage for the celtics in game seven uh, against guys like you know uh, marion and and gabe vincent and you know the the um, second unit the miami heat second unit where they're, they're really going to try to scrap together their their best punch here did you take a third third mortgage out to buy a courtside ticket for game seven What's that? Did, did you have to get a big loan to get a courtside ticket for Game 7? Oh, man, I'm a media member, man. Luckily, I don't have to, uh, I don't have to buy any tickets. But yeah, that's what we like to hear. <laughs> for, for, for fans out here, man, I, I, whether you get a ticket or not, man, I just, I just hope um, – I just hope they're able to see the Celtics finish this thing off because um, it's it's incredible. It, it really is for obvious reasons. The number one being it's never happened before, you know, an NBA team to come back from 3-0 and, and, and win it. But also, I, I just think this team is, is has earned it. You know, they've had they've got a lot of they've received a lot of criticism for being in that position, being 0-3, and um, it's been repetitive throughout. Whether it was the way they've finished things against the Philadelphia 76ers when they didn't get the one seed, when they slipped a little bit after the all-star break. It's just been like this back and forth where, you know, Celtics fans, they haven't lost faith, but they've just been, uh, it's been one of those things where they have to hear the outside noise, right, from the from the national media because everyone's watching now, right? It's the Eastern Conference Finals. So I just think it would be a really cool story for these guys to pull this thing off. And I, I just think when you look at the personnel of these guys and their story and, you know, the fact that the like, majority of this team it was was here last year. I, I just think again, it would be a really good story, and, and I think these guys have have earned it. You know, they've uh, they've they've really been through it, and they, they continue to uh, remain poised. And and um, man, that I think Game Six, the end of that, is the best example of that. You know, awesome man. Well, I'm looking forward to looking down courtside and seeing you know Bird, Parish, Mikhail, Pavon all sitting courtside for Game Seven, mate. Um, Thanks, Eats, for joining. When, <laughs> when you get through to the NBA uh, finals, we'll talk again. Hey, if it happens, that sounds good to me, man. You give me a call. I'd love to hop on.